0: Welcome to the Bridge Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message from our special guest speaker. To access other resources or to find out more information about our church, visit thebridgespringfield.com or find us on social media at The Bridge Springfield. Thank you. If you were there yesterday, will you just raise your hand? And I just want to say thank you to all of you. And if somebody's raising their hand near you, they know how to encounter God better today than they did yesterday. Am I right? All right. So I'm Dr. Patty Sadala. I'm a disciple maker, primarily a disciple maker. And the hats I wear to do that, I'm an author, I'm a a podcaster, and I'm a a professor at Christian Leadership University, and I lead two separate ministries. Spirit Life Circles and Spirit Life Workshops. So the Lord has me really busy, but my focus is all about experiencing and encountering Jesus personally. When I was given the assignment to do the means of grace in the category of the Bible, I was cl- it was really clear. They were, they were like, look, no legalistic must-dos. We do not want people to feel like they have to be in the Word We want them to want to be in the Word. So today we're talking about how to love the Word. How to love the Word. And what they're really talking in the means of grace is what are the spiritual disciplines of growing your faith and staying and and working through the journey of your Christian life. And so in order to love the Word of God, you need to have a holy habit Holy habits are different than legalistic, religious spirit habits. The difference is that a holy habit is something you get to do because you're really excited to be with Jesus and learn about Jesus. And so prayer, if you pray because you have to, if you read the word because you have to, if you attend things because you have to, you are Operating out of the flesh, and there's no power in that. But if you do it because you want to, because you have experienced something that draws you in, then you're onto something, right? So, my assignment sounds kind of hard how to make you love the word. But honestly, the Lord gave me a four letter word. This four letter word will absolutely change how you approach the word how you approach Jesus, how you live out your faith, four-letter word, and that word is with, with. Everybody say with. 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 Because if you do things for a reason, if you do things for a reason, because I have to, because I'll look good if I do, because I should, there's no power in that. But when you invite Jesus into the experience of reading the word of God, of your prayer, of every, every dis- discipline, then you want to because he brings it to life. Do you know the word of God is living and active? If you don't experience it that way, you are missing the most incredible blessing and benefit that he died for you to be able to have. He literally died for you to be able to encounter him personally. And if you aren't encountering him personally, then you're missing the greatest blessing of being a Christian that you could ever have. But we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves with the with, because why? With is a how. With is a a method, right? It's a method. So the first thing I want to do is talk about, is it really biblical to read the Bible with God? So we're going to dive into that first. First, let's talk about truth. And I want to begin with what is truth not? Okay, truth is not a thing to know. It's a person to know. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the only way to God, and I am the real truth and the real life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus is not changeable. He's not fashionable, right? He is the source of understanding. Do you know the Holy Spirit wrote the word of God through many, many authors? So who better to interpret the word than the Holy Spirit that lives within you? Do you know that every single word in the Bible is intentional? There's not a jot or a tittle in the word that's not intentional. And the more you dive into it, the more you realize how alive it can be. In your life today, it's, it's relevant to your life every single day. John eight forty two to 43 says, Jesus said to them, speaking to the Pharisees, if God were your father, but he's not, you would love and recognize me. For I came from God out of his very presence and He arrived, and have arrived here. For I have not even come on my own initiative as self-appointed, but he is the one who sent me. Why do you misunderstand what I'm saying? It's because your spiritual eyes, everybody say spiritual eyes, are deaf, and you were unable to hear the truth of my word. So we're learning right here that you must connect with God through your spiritual eyes. And there are actually many other spiritual senses. There is the eyes of your heart. There is the ears of your heart. And we use the eyes and ears of our heart to tap into the very mind, will, and emotion of God in our hearts. Because he is, the omni-truth of God is in us. So let's talk about what truth is. Well, Jesus just said in a previous verse that he is the truth. Right? Jesus is the truth. He's also the word. You know, the first chapter, the verse said that he, in 1 John 1, 1 says, he was the word. He is the word. He is the word. So... Now we learn that if we're going to really encounter the Bible, we have to encounter him, don't we? We have to encounter him. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed, given by divine inspiration and is profitable for instruction, conviction of sin, correction of error, restoration for obedience, training in righteousness, learning to live in conformity of God's will, both publicly and privately, and behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage. There's a lot of um, actionable changes in that verse. Actionable. If we, what we, what we want to learn is that our goal in life is to allow the Holy Spirit to transform us into the likeness of Christ. And we just got a whole bunch of actions here that are promises in the Word of God if we do. So we sure do want to read the Scripture, don't we? But we want to understand it with the Holy Spirit's wisdom. So so, the, so we need the Holy Spirit to in, interpret the Scripture because he wrote it. John 16, 13 says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth, full and complete truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears from the Father, the message regarding the Son, the gospel, right? And he will disclose to you what will come in the future. We do not have the ability in our limited minds, our minds, to understand the scripture in fullness. Now, let me ask you a question. Does the Lord live up here? So if he lives in your heart, then you must learn the language of the heart to interpret the word, right? You must learn the language of the heart. So I want to... Maps are great. How many of you are as old as me? And remember, before there was GPS, going on a trip... By yourself, needing to pull over because you needed to look at the map. You needed to look at the map. Yeah, right. And then it's like, uh, and then it's like, oh, is it upside down? Is it right side <laughs> up? What do I, how do I get the map right? And you have to stop and you have to think and then you have to remember and then you have to look again. Okay, the Bible is the map. The Bible is the map. Now, let's say you're going, for example, to Israel. And you could either go to Israel and just try to say, well, I kind of want to see, there are certain things on my bucket list. I kind of want to see, you know, uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. And I kind of want to see the empty tomb. And I kind of want to see this. And I kind of want to see that. And you have to figure that out yourself? Or would you prefer... Having a guide, having a guide from the local area that knows where these places are, that can tell you things about them, cultural, historical things that we would never, ever know. The Holy Spirit is a guide that connects you to the map. So when you have the guide, you know the word, right? The word is written on your heart when you invite the Holy Spirit in, when you invite him, make him welcome in your heart, and then you have a guide. So people who are way back in the, what, 80s? (laughs) Hello, what year is it now? We have a guide. We live in the new covenant days. Don't miss what you have that he died for you to have. So let's talk for a minute about the difference between knowing about something or someone and knowing. Let's talk about that for a minute. When I was writing one of my books, I discovered that there were over 33,000 denominations of Christianity. 33,000 denominations of Christianity. Why is that? Because... People were trying to interpret the word in their heads, and they were dividing, dividing over what it means, dividing. Do you think that is what the Lord wants to see? No. Titus 1.16, they profess to know God to recognize and be acquainted with him, but by their actions, they deny and disown him. The word know in the Bible is gnosko. And it's an intimate, personal knowing. You know, I mentioned this yesterday that the Lord has put on my heart the names of God. And I didn't share this story, but when, when he gave me the assignment to focus my books on the names of God, I was in my classes at CLU. I was in a Panera doing homework before going to a bookstore work shift, and he said, I want you to study why Eskimos have so many words for snow. And I said, right now? He's like, right now, right now. And what I learned is that an Eskimo has to know the difference between these these conditions of snow for life or death reasons. It's related to how they need to survive. And one of the things that is very cool about the Bible is there are over 935 names of God in the Hebrew Bible. And in one of my books, I have the link to the uh, the encyclopedia of that. If you were to search names of God encyclopedia, you'll find the link yourself. And they're and are Hebrew and Greek words that the English translation has just called all, all, caps, all, all caps, Lord, which is the, the the name I call that the I the the isness of God. Who is He in fullness? And then the L small, big L small, um, small letters is, is Adonai, which is the Lord. How are we supposed to how are we supposed to relate to God? Right? He is our Lord. But there are so many more names, and how are those names found? How are they created? People experienced God. And then they go, "Oh, you're the God. You're the God that heals. Ah, you're the God that provides. Oh, you're the God. You're the God that does this and this, this, this." Right? So so they, they, they experienced God. They experienced God. The desire for intimate knowing of God invites the Holy Spirit to be activated in you. Did you know that? Like, the Holy Spirit is alive when you fix your eyes on Jesus; He wakes up. So there's a difference between the um, the uh, omnipresence of God, which means that He is everywhere present. In every cell of everything, from the microscopic to space, he is everywhere present. But the manifest presence of God, the manifest presence is caused by you fixing your eyes on Jesus. And then he goes, hey, noticing me now. Yay! Let's encounter each other. Let's absolutely... Have some time together. So what we want in our life is the manifest presence because that invites all nine of the manifestation gifts to become live and active in our life. And then signs and wonders and miracles become your natural everyday lifestyle when you learn how the spirit part of you can be the the leader of your life. So John 17, 3, I didn't read that already, did I? Or did I? Now, this is eternal life, that they may know you. This is eternal life, that they may know you. The one, true, supreme, sovereign God. And in the same manner, know Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's the gospel. That's our challenge. To know God. And guess what happens when you begin to know him? He reveals you to you. He reveals who he created you to be. And then he, you invite him to begin to massage your heart and transform you into that Christ identity. Right? So this is what Jesus had to say about this. Yesterday, people learned how to... Um, hear and see God personally, and you may have had a a short little conversation with Jesus, you may have had a a tiny little glimpse, but the more you do, the more you can. So so I'm going to share what Jesus had to say about the difference between knowing about and knowing. He said, the difference between one who knows about me and one who knows me intimately, well, let me show you what I mean. Jesus showed me a man in the desert, and he had chapped lips and a distressed look on his face. He frantically looked around and thought he saw water, but he kept on walking. He realized that it was only a mirage. There was no real water, only something that looked like water. Jesus explained the vision, it's good to know what water looks like. It's better to be able to drink it when you're thirsty. To learn about me is like showing about me is... It's like showing a hungry and thirsty man a picture of a magnificent banquet, but there's nothing to eat or drink. Seeing the picture may bring some benefits, but he is left ultimately unsatisfied. The actual need is unfulfilled. The actual need is unfulfilled. Okay? This is what it's like to learn about me. About The spiritual need to know me is even stronger than a man's need for physical water. A mirage is an illusion, a trick of the eye, caused by light refraction and heat waves. Knowing only about me is a trick, too, but it doesn't fool the soul. The soul knows its need for the one true God. To truly satisfy the hunger and thirst of your soul, you must drink deeply of the living water. Water is refreshing, rejuvenating, and restores More than you can see and feel, come and drink deeply the living water. You must eat the food of my presence. You must enter the Holy of Holies where you can encounter my presence. I have gained you direct access to the Father. That was Jesus' job on the cross. And he accomplished that for you. By way of the indwelling Holy Spirit and my work on the cross, do not neglect this privilege. And this is accomplished by spending time with me. Consider John seventeen three, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. To know someone is an intimate thing. To know of someone implies an, a knowledge at a distance. It is not my desire for you to know me distantly or haphazardly or even in a third-party sort of way, as in through a pastor or a preacher, right? You cannot know me without personally drawing close to me. It is through steady communion with me, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that you truly know me. And knowing leads to trusting And trusting leads to believing, and believing leads to obeying, which results in the fruit of eternal life that you have right now. It's just like knowing anyone personally, he continued, to trust someone, you need to spend time with them and to learn who they are, and if you can rely on them. After some time, you feel safe and tend to want to spend more time and then come and trust them. You spend the most time, this is, a, this is something called aha validity. If this statement is just like true and natural life, it's got aha validity. You spend the most amount of time with people you like to be around, people who build you up, encourage you, and show you love, Right? or at least you want to spend the most amount of time with those people if you don't have the opportunity to do that. <sighs> no one does that better than me, he said. The difference between knowing in your head and surrendering in your heart, say surrendering, surrendering. is clarified in James 2:19. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But they don't surrender. So to believe does not do it. To surrender gets you there. Amen. Right? Amen. So to keep God at a distance is to know about Him. So if you were taught in some religious spirit background that He's um, He's He's scary, He's distant, you have to perform to get His love, you have to all that stuff. That's not who he really is, and he wants to show you that. He wants you to really show you that, okay? And the way to do that is with him. There's our word, our key word. So now we're going to talk about how to read the word with God. Well, the entire Bible was written by... The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament days, the Holy Spirit would choose a prophet that was close to a king, and he would, and, and the anointing would come upon them, and, and two-thirds of the Bible is, is God speaking something he wants released, and one-third is dreams and vision, pictures that he wants released, right? So the entire Bible was written that way. We live in the new covenant days with the Holy Spirit that has the fullness of the all caps L O R D in us. That's amazing, isn't it? It's absolutely incredible. So we have the ability, using our spirit, it is the spirit part of you that connects with God. It's not your body and it's not your soul. It's the spirit part of you that connects with God because He's Holy Spirit. Spirit to spirit, learn the language of the heart. Your heart and your spirit, synonym, same thing. So if you read the word and it says heart, the heart, the heart, and you read the word and it says your spirit, your spirit, your spirit, synonyms. Synonyms. The part of you created to connect with God is your spirit. And the Lord uses your imagination to be able to see and hear and connect with him, but we also use our imagination to see and hear and connect with everything, don't we? Bad things sometimes. We can fix our eyes on horrible things. We can fix our eyes on good things, but he's saying the secret, if you want to find God's TV channel, it is to connect spirit to spirit using your imagination, sanctifying your imagination, surrendering your imagination, allowing him to take over your imagination, to be able to see, hear, feel. Do you know that inside your heart is the fullness of the omni-God? He's omnibenevolent. What is benevolence? It is interesting, benevolence. It is the Galatians 5, 22 to 23, fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kingdom, it's the kingdom, emotions of God, love, but the word omni means all, full, fullness, he is all love, that's inside of you, he is all omniscient, he's all wise, he's omnipresent, he's everywhere present. Right? We already talked about how to invite him to be manifestly present. Right? So there, and then he's uh, omnipresent, omniscient. I'm trying to figure out the last one is. Omnipotent. 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 He's all power. All power. Okay? So if you can learn how to surrender and, and connect with your spirit to his spirit, you are tapping into that. That's pretty, pretty doggone cool. And if you're allowing the Holy Spirit to interpret the word because he wrote it, that is the secret to bringing it alive in your life. Relevant. I could have read that. You know, I, I, have, this, I have this Bible that is so dark-eared that the, from Peter on, it's like been ripped out of the, of the, and it's like masking taped on to the back. And I'll, and I'll see on the column, wow, 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 with underlined verses, and I'll go, what did I get out of that? <laughs> it's not speaking to me today, but my goodness, it must have spoke to me at some point. <laughs> and then other scriptures, you know, it's like, I never, I never noticed that one before. How many people could say they know what I'm talking about? Yeah, right? Okay. Okay, so you need to sanctify your imagination. And yesterday we practiced doing that. We used Habakkuk 2, 1 and 2 as our foundational verse. Habakkuk 2, 1 and 2 um, is the verse that Mark Verkler discovered um, the four keys to hearing God's voice, which the university that I'm part of, Christian Leadership University, uses the foundational skill of dialogue journaling, which is what we taught yesterday. As our method, our way that we use to communi- communicate and connect with God, it's not the only way. It's definitely not the only way, but it's a very powerfully effective and easy way. And after eleven years of trying to connect with God, he couldn't do it, and he and he just wondered, what the heck, you know, how can some people hear God? Do you believe? Do you believe that like that some people can hear God and other people can't? Good. I didn't get a lot of people saying yes to that. <laughs> Everybody can connect with God because he created you to be able to. But we want to learn how, right? We don't necessarily know how. So Habakkuk was a prophet at the beginning of the 70-year exile. And he was really confused because Babylon was coming and he was taking people away and he wanted to understand. So Habakkuk 2, 1 and 2 says, I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart. What he's doing, he's finding a quiet place so he can speak to God. He's Posturing his heart, he's quieting himself. He wants to hear only from God. We don't connect with anybody but God. No other spirit. No other spirit. Just God. We, want to, we only want to hear from him. We don't want to hear from any other spirit. And then the next section of the scripture says, and I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me. The eyes and ears of your heart. That's what he's using. The eyes and ears of his heart. He was looking and listening in the spirit with expectation that he was going to hear. One of the secrets is expect to hear from him, and and, and that invites him. Your expectation, if you expect that you can't do it or you won't do it, you won't do it. Your expectation either invites or does not invite God. Invite him. Invite him. Make him welcome. Make him welcome, okay? And how I may reply when I'm reproved. So he knew that one of us is going to be wrong. Which one? <laughs> he's like, he's going to tell me something, and I'm going, to, I'm going to be able to understand how he's wrong. He knew it was going to be a conversation, though, because he knew he would, ask, he would seek God's face, God would speak, and he could speak back. That's what dialoguing is. That's what dialoguing is. And you, everybody can do that. So when you okay, let's finish this and I'll go back to what I was going to say. And then the Lord answered him. That's how it works. You ask, you seek, you knock. And what does the verse say? Ask, keep on asking. Seek, keep on seeking. Knock, keep on knocking. And what happens? yes. Is he going to not be who he says he is in the word? Is he not going to show up when you seek him like that? He's going to show up. And then he instructs, record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. He was commanding him to write it down. And that's part of the four keys. The four keys are, the four keys that were in this verse, quiet yourself down. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Jesus. Receive spontaneously whatever he has for you. And the form that that could take is pictures, words, songs, feelings, ideas, anything he wants. Memories, anything he wants, right? Receive it. Inscribe it on tablets. Why do we want to do that? Sometimes it's because this isn't just for you, and sometimes it's so you can look at it later. It's so interesting, and Dennis and I were even talking about this, how you receive something from the Lord and you think it's not that special, and then the next time you look at it, it's like, that was pretty special. <laughs> it's pretty cool what he has to say. And um, and so, he re- so you want to record it so you don't forget, too. And your written journals of conversations with God can also be... Accounts of your prayers getting answered, right? So, I seem to be missing something here. Hang on, let me get myself together. Yeah, here we go. Okay, so I wanted to share. I wanted to share something uh, that I call diving into a Bible story. It's a it's a secret. You want to make reading the word really fun with Jesus. You find a bible story. Anytime you have a question about anything in the word, anytime you have a question about anything in the word, he's right there. I want you to imagine him right there. I want you to ask him what it meant. Ask him what it meant. Bible's right there. Okay. And I want you to realize that every encounter you have is a real spiritual experience. It's not a figment of your imagination. It's sanctified imagination, which means God really shows up and that's there. But I wanted to share you a, a, share an example of something that the Lord um, showed me uh, when I jumped into a Bible story once so so there were two, there were two opportunities for me to walk on water with Jesus, such a great one you know hillsong united 's oceans ocean song I was I was uh, listening to the ocean song and the Lord, um, and the Lord says, "Hey, you want to experience the walk on water thing?" I'm like, sure. And one of the secrets is to be a child in the spirit. I talked about that yesterday. But if you imagine yourself between the ages of four and eight, then you naturally are in, are in the frequency of the Lord, and you know, childlike faith activates things and. Anyway, so the first time I walked on water, I hadn't learned the childlike faith lesson, right? So my experience was very similar to Peter's. I'm I'm like, it's really stormy. If you remember that story, really stormy, and the guys are scared, and it's dark, and they see this ghost-like Jesus walking, and Peter calls out to him, and he says, oh, let me walk on water. He says, come on, let's walk on water. He walks all the way out to Jesus, and then a wave comes over and he sinks, and he panics, right? Well, that's what my experience was. It's like, oh, this is so cool. I'm walking on water. It's so cool. And then I panic, and he lifts me up, and he takes me on the boat, and he teaches me about the importance of keeping my eyes fixed on him and not on my problems or the scary circumstance in the moment. That's a great lesson, isn't it? Okay, a couple years later, I've learned about the power of childlike faith, and the ocean song comes on again, and he goes, I want you to do this again, but I want you to do it as a child so I can teach you something. So this time, it doesn't matter that it's really, I mean, it's still dark, it's still, still but this time we're sort we're of surfing on the, on the waves, and, we're, and, we're, and I'm splashing like a little kid, I'm having a great time, and then the wave comes over my head, and what did I do? Grabbed on to him. That's what kids do. They cling to who they trust. They cling to who they trust. And that was the secret. He wanted me to understand the difference. Because as a child, I naturally had my, my eyes continually fixed on him. Right? And so the Lord will teach you something in a Bible story that will change your life. It will change that Bible story for the rest of your life one of the really exciting experiences I've had that I have on my podcast, and every Christmas time, I release it again, and I release it again and again, and all you have to do is, is type "Shepherds," and you'll hear it yourself. But I wanted to I, it was a writing class, and I wanted to experience the, the, the assignment for the class was jump into a Bible story first from the perspective of an observer, and then as the perspective of a character in the story, and then write about it. It's a creative writing, because I'm an author, so I need to take creative writing. So, so I'm like, okay. So I jump in, and the first time I'm an observer, and that felt very much like Scrooge- Watching with the you know with the ghost person with him they they can't see you there and you're observing and you're asking questions you're watching it and it was beautiful the angels I mean the, the 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 angels like singing was just incredible and then and then the angels pop and the and a few angels take them and I got to go and I got to see the baby Jesus and I got to see Mary and Joseph wow it was like so incredible. And then I had the second experience where I was the shepherd that was leaning against the wall when all the other shepherds were sleeping, and he saw the light first to come, and all this, the first he's looking at that star. What the heck is that? And then all that whole experience, and then he goes, and in that case, he went up to the baby, and he said, I'm going to be looking for you, and he's crying, and I'm crying. Super, super cool. Now, whenever you hear angels on high song, I cannot help it. I'm there. The Lord takes me back there. He brings to life, and I'll tell you one thing I learned about that. It's humbling. It's absolutely humbling. The birth is so much more humbling than you think. The first thing that hit me when I walked into the stall was the smells. You know, the, the animals, the sweat, the blood. It was just filthy. You just have such a different perspective when you involve Jesus. So I want you to understand the game changer that it is to read the word with God. With God. And to close, I would just like to do, if you have never, I would just like to do a, a call to action here. If you have never accepted Christ in your life, and you are here for the first time today, God is knocking on the door of your heart. And he really, really wants you to have adventures like this with him. He just wants that so desperately. But it's not just for them. If you have lost your first love, if Christianity is dry, if Christianity is dry in your heart, and you want to be able to read the Bible and have adventures with Jesus... You want that, then pray this aloud with me, will you? Heavenly Father, I apologize for keeping you at a distance. Thank you for what you did on the cross for me, Jesus. Thank you for forgiving my sins. But more than anything, thank you, God, for giving me eternal life right now. I invite you to have your way in my heart. Activate the Holy Spirit in a way that is so alive to me. Lord, I sanctify my imagination. Open the word to me like living water. Give me a holy unsatisfaction with my present state. And draw me to the deep wells of living water. So I may align myself with the Christ identity that you died for me to become. Thank you, Jesus, for your accessibility, for your love, for your presence, for your power and your wisdom. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you received a fresh revelation of the gospel of grace and that you experience the goodness of God in your everyday life. For more content like this or to stream our services live, visit thebridgespringfield.com. Have an awesome week.